PoePolitikin.com. Welcome back to PoePolitikin. I'm now politicking with Don McLean. How you doing today? I'm doing great, Dennis. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. So, as an icebreaker, I just want to ask you, do you have any, like, daily rituals, like things you do every day or certain things you do every day? Yes. Yeah, um, every day. As soon as I open my eyes, you know, as soon as my alarm goes off or any sound wakes me up, the first thing I do is thank God for another day. And then I drink my eight ounces of water and start my day. Hmm, okay. Yeah, actually, uh, I was just, I was listening to this bodybuilder, and he was just saying that's very important. Like, when you first wake up, you should drink some water. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, a friend of mine took me on to that about two years ago, and that and um, eating an apple, like making an apple the first thing that you eat. And why is that? It just, you know, flushes out anything that you might have eaten before you go, you know, before going to bed or any impurities that got to your body. And it starts your day off right. Okay. And not sluggish. Okay, cool. So can you talk about your background a little bit and how you fell in love with music? Um, I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. I, of course, grew up in church. Um, I remember listening to choirs sing and just loving the feeling of it. But I also, my dad was a, what they call them, funketeers. I grew up listening to um, the Funkadelics, um, a lot of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, gosh, so much. I mean, I still listen to a lot of the music now um, from the late 70s, early 80s. And I just love the way music made us feel as a family. Hmm. And so um, as I got older, I started listening to albums such as, you know, with me being from a church background, like Tremaine Hawkins. Um, and so I, I used to mimic it, mimic her. And so at five, I started singing and mimicking the songs that I heard from her. And then like in the second grade, <clears throat> excuse me, um, teacher heard me singing in the back of class. And we were putting on a production of um, The Wizard of Oz. And she asked me to sing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And that started the bug. (laughs) And I've been doing music and singing ever since. And then um, from giving, you know, excuse me, I was never formally trained. So everything changed. But my, my vocal instructors were my albums, you know, Jermaine Hawkins, the the Clark sisters, um, oh, and then Patti LaBelle, Aretha Franklin, uh, gosh, uh, what's your name? Um, the one who sings is Money. Uh, Shirley Murdoch. Shirley Murdoch. Yeah. I can't think of her name Shirley right Murdoch. Now, but it's like Shirley Murdoch, there it is. Um, just listening to their music, and I love the way their singing made me feel. So I decided that's what I want to do. And my mom just pushed me to make sure I had my own sound. Of course, growing up in the 80s, Whitney Houston was it. So that's what I wanted to be. <laughs> I wanted to be like Whitney. <laughs> also, I was reading you was in the Air Force for a little bit. Yeah, I served four years in the United States Air Force, um, and I really, I only joined, I joined to serve my country and pay for studio time. I didn't stop my music just because I was active duty, so I got to do some stuff in San Antonio, Texas. I did, like, voiceovers for commercials and met some 
producers, prominent producers out there where I got to um, do the demos for Mitsu they were selling. And then I got stationed in Anchorage, Alaska. And I did the same thing when I was out here, singing, doing stuff for the mayor, doing stuff for um, the base commander, um, singing right here in Alaska. And then I left here, I got out and went to Atlanta. And that's where a lot of things really changed for me, basically. Cool. So that's kind of the next question I was going to say. So when did you actually decide to, to take music and do it as a career and do it full time? I decided I at 18 that I was going to do it full time, but at 18, and you don't really understand, you know, so far as I look back, I did not understand how expensive <laughs> it was going to be for me to do my own thing as an artist. Then I, um, that's, that, that's what brought about me going in the military and helping fix my studio time, but when I got to Atlanta, for a few years, I didn't do anything, and then finally I did, and I started off at Apache Cafe, and at the time, that was the spot. Everybody was coming in there, picking up background singers or musicians, um, you know, for TV shows, road tours, and I went up in there one day and sang my show, Murdoch, it's morning, and wound up getting cut by the folks who get all the gigs around the city and touring, and I started singing on... You know, I got to sing on Fox and um, uh, sing background for Roberta Flack, Gene Kahn, Johnny Gill, gosh, Joy. Um, and so many, uh, um, you know, I've gotten open for Bobby Brown, uh, Kim. I've been, I've sung background with Malcolm Jamal Warner. And I have to look at my list to make <laughs> all the names. Like, it just happened very, very quickly. And it, it's before I knew it, when people were coming into Atlanta, and they were like, who are the top singers? I was the top, one of the top three singers locally that people came out to see. So I've had, I have been truly blessed to get to do a lot of the the performances and openings that I've gotten to do. I mean, I didn't have an opportunity to open for um, Stevie Wonder, a program that he was doing, and that was great. You know, just the the opportunities to 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 get on stage and in front of prominent people or just people who love music has been it's just been awesome. Hmm. So I would say, like like you was kind of saying, there's a lot of people that make music. So what would you say the difference between an amateur and a professional is like what what separates it hmm. what separates an amateur and a professional mm-hmm. it depends on what a person considers an amateur because if you consider an amateur someone who hasn't gotten a deal then it's not much of a, a separation mm. now if you're saying what separates an independent and a major is, is that kind of what you're saying? Or are you just saying an amateur, period? Like, today you're in the shower and tomorrow you think, you're singing in the shower and tomorrow you think you're going to just jump off stage and sing? Yeah, just just an amateur and professional. Just because I, uh, I interviewed somebody before and we brought that up, so I just I just asked everybody what they think now. So just whatever, whatever your perception of it is. An amateur is someone who does not practice or try to improve their craft. That's an amateur to me. Mm. Um, they don't, you know, I practice. As a matter of fact, I practice every day. I'm seeing something every day. And that's really, to me, 
important that you're keeping your vocal cords warmed up, you're, you're keeping your ears sharp. Um, an amateur is someone who doesn't take this class seriously. Um, there's so many different levels of professionalism. Um, a lot of people take professionalism as someone who gets paid to do it. And that's kind of about where I, where I am with it. Um, whether you're a major artist or just a, um, a cover artist, if you get paid to do it, if someone is paying you to do this, then you're a professional. And to be a professional, someone who practices, um, conducts themselves in a, a positive manner in public, um, that's a role model, those things are a professional to me. Because this is a business. Music is a business. And you got to study it every day. And not just vocally. you got to understand what's going on in the business. And there's every day something changing. There's always something that I thought I knew, and I find out <laughs> there's more to it. And that's what makes a professional to me. Someone who's constantly studying their craft. Yeah, you kind of, I want to, I was going to ask you more about that. Like, what are some, I guess, what are some ways uh, people can improve their craft? Like, if they're a music artist. Like, what are some ways they can get better at it? Constantly singing, you know, going out. Like, to me, people, if you want to tour, if you want to go on the road singing, you want to improve singing in public, go to all the mics. <laughs> go to um, karaoke nights. Because the singing and getting used to an audience is very important. Because there's some people, I, I've run into people, I also give vocal lessons. And I have run into people who are great in the box, meaning they're great in, at the studio, in the recording booth. When you put them on the stage and them lights hit them, child, they are like deer in the headlight. <laughs> um, so it's important to get out there and go to the open mics. Experiment and find your own voice. You hear so many people who want to sound just like an artist that's out there. But remember, what made that artist popular and made them you know, so-called out there, the star is the fact that they had their own unique sound. They had their own niche that made them who they are. So find who you are, you know. There's lots of singers out there, but there's not another Don McLean. There's lots of singers who have highs, who can hit them highs and lows. People like to compare me to Shaka Khan. But I can't do it like Shaka, and Shaka can't do it like me. Mm. You know, if everybody, if you find your individual niche and what makes you you and you comfortable on that stage and you are confident in you that right there is half the battle okay and who are some of your influences we kind of naming some names but who are some of your influences oh gosh Shaka Khan Taylor Bell is my favorite singer, though. She's definitely my influence. I just love how she just feels the music, and she is not afraid to just show out on a song. I love that about her. Um, of course, like I said, um, the late Whitney Houston was a big influence on me as a young lady. Um, said Patty already, Aretha, Whitney. Um, Mary J. Blythe, when I became a teenager, that was another one, you know, who, because of how she pours herself into her music and what she's talking about, she helped influence my writing style and um, how I act out my music on stage and in the booth. Um, Jill Scott, as I got older, Erica Badu, of course. <clears throat> because Erica ain't afraid to be who she is, period. You can like it, you can love it, or you can hate it. She's still going to be her. 
So that's what I love about Erica Badu. Those are my favorite. I love soul singers. Um, male singers, of course, Marvin Gaye, um, Current. I love Tyrese Tank. Like, truth be told, my warm-up uh, singer that I like to practice on my little runs and stuff to is Tank. Love his tone. Mm. Um, Tyrese, love his tone. Um, and for showmanship, I've always loved me. He doesn't love Michael Jackson. And and then my next one would be Usher. But I follow him since he was a kid. Uh, there's so many. That's why they call me a gumbo of singer. There's so many different styles. I love, I can listen to and jam a song out from Bonnie Raitt and Reba McIntyre and then turn around and throw you out with Patti LaBelle or Lisa Franklin. It's just all about who, you know, whose song touched me. And I'm a big, you know, I like for me, I like for music to touch your soul. I like you to listen to it and whatever's been bothering you or on your mind, that song will give you the answer or relieve your mind of it. And that's what I aim to do even when I get on stage. And how do you feel about the, I guess, the current stage of, like, R&B or soul music? I feel like, I notice I'm listening to a lot of older stuff. <laughs> I'm more ignoring the new stuff. So what's your opinion? Uh-huh. I think R&B's coming back. Soul music's coming back. Do you know how you know it's coming back? What are they sending over here from overseas? Mm-hmm. Sam Smith. Adele, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Jesse yeah, J, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, they're, they're soul singers. Yeah. That's what makes people gravitate to their music. They're so, some of them are so onto whatever is popular at the time, but R&B ain't going nowhere. R&B is the foundation of any music that you feel. You know what I'm saying? Um, yes, people are finding themselves going back and listening to the old stuff. That's why I'm not afraid. People, you know, for the longest, you need to do songs like this person. You need to do songs like that person. No, I need to do songs like Don McLean, What Touches Me. Because guess what? It always comes back full circle. And I'd rather be a pioneer on a sound than someone who followed everybody else. And um, I think, I don't believe soul music is... So, you know, you hear some people like, it's dead. It's not dead. It's just reinventing itself. <laughs> the singers are coming back out. Shows like, and we have shows like The Voice, um, American Idol. Uh, Ruben Stutter. Diamond Cow. So uh, we have shows like that to think for it. Because when you look at the singers that come on there, uh-huh. they don't look like what we've been force fed as an artist. But they sound like what we're missing. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of it seems like, I noticed a lot of it, like, they put more cursing in R&B. Like, it ain't even sound like R&B no more. It sound like you be listening to rap. I noticed that. It seems like that's yeah. a new trend. They feel like they got a cuss in the rap. <laughs> and then, I mean, in the music, in the songs now. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's the curse of, I want to stay relevant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay relevant, so I'm going to grab their attention by cursing. Now, I, I ain't going to lie. A good, a good little word, you know, like when you listen to the old folks talk, you know, and they be talking, and you know, you got to know when to throw it in there. You know, one or two, you know, but people just dropping F-bombs and stuff in their songs. Yeah, that's getting, it's getting outrageous to me. And to me, that's the, I want to stay relevant, so I'm just going to do, I'm going to do the shock factor. To me, it's easier and more professional 
to shock someone with your lyrical content. Like in my song, Can't Call It Love. What's shocking about it when you listen to it is I'm a woman talking about being with the man who's either married or has somebody else or with somebody with kids. A lot of women are doing that. That's shocking enough. I don't have to drop an F-bomb on you <laughs> to, sh to show you, hey, there's a lot of women out there who are doing the same thing that people claim men, men only do. So, and, and that's why I write the way I write. You know, I'm, I am not a follower. I, I've never have been. I've always, you know, like if you see my pictures, uh, currently I'm rocking purple and black hair. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> you know, be not being afraid to jump out the box. Because my thing is, I want you to hear my voice. I want you to hear my words. And then I want you to see that I practice what I preach. You know, I may be talking about can't call up because I'm touching on the subject. Now, is that me? No. But I have friends that do that. And it needs to be out there. And then the reason I'm saying I can't call it love is the fact that some women really think running around here, sexing on the side with a man who got somebody that they're going home to means that they love you. No, boo, you can't call that love. That is not love. It is what it is. <laughs> a flame. But, but I was That's like, what I'm talking about and can't call it love. So, so, and can't call it love. So what do you think about the women that will say, like, okay, that's better than me being with nobody? Like, having a man like that is better love than being yourself. with nobody. <laughs> Learning how to have love for yourself. I'm currently single. And I tell people all the time, happily single. Because I get to know me. I've been in relationships. You'll hear that on my album. On, on both albums, on the Love Project and on my current one, Life is Beautiful. I talk about the ups and downs of a love life, <laughs> as they call it, or relationships. I am happily single because I'm happy that I'm learning me and that I'm not settling anymore. You're not, and women have to get over men too. If you are happy with you, that's what's going to make you even more attractive. People look for another person to validate them or to make them whole, where you're supposed to go into a relationship validated at home. You're supposed to be comfortable with who you are. That way, when you get with somebody, you're not trying to change them. Because you're comfortable with who you are. And when you get with that person, you're comfortable with who they are. You can be a neat freak and get with somebody who don't care where they throw their stuff down at. You can't train a grown person. So you either take them how they are, for who they are, or don't. I'm a big advocate against trying to change people to fit your pattern. So for people who are like, oh, I'd rather be with somebody or be with, you know, someone on the side, and just think about it. Karma is a mean, vindictive female, honey. And when you get that person you want to be just with you, the mess you was doing is going to come back. Mm -hmm. So I say get to know who you are, enjoy who you are, and that person that's supposed to be with you is going to come. Okay. And then you was talking about Life is Beautiful. I just wanted you to talk about your current projects a little bit more. Life is Beautiful is my newest project. Um, I released it earlier this summer. And right now, currently, we're pushing my single, Can't Call It Love. Um, we also, prior to that, I had a single, um, All of Me, 
Um, both Can't Call It Love and All With Me is all produced by um, a friend of mine, Dave Jam Hall. Y'all need to Google him. He is an icon in music. Um, it's been great working with him. Um, I also have music. Uh, majority of the music I wrote myself or had some co-writes. I've also had the opportunity to work with um, legendary R&B writer Gordon Chambers. I'm another person, Google, look up. Great friend of mine. This is what my best project. It's only my second one, but it's my best one because I really stepped outside of the box in my writing and the submissions of um, lyrics that I that I put out with this project. It's available on CD Baby, iTunes, Amazon. Uh, you just put in Life is Beautiful or Don McLean, Life is Beautiful, or go to my website, um, com, and listen and pick it up from there. But I am really pleased with this project. Um, in December on the 5th, I'll be in Houston performing some music from the album. I'm really excited about that. And then um, I recently um, retained the services of um, KLPR Group, and um, it's been awesome. And I'll tell any artist out there, if you don't have money for anything else, have money for proper representation from a public relations or PR, you need that. That's been the best thing that I've done in my, you know, 10 plus years of really pursuing my music career. And then why is that important? Because they are the ones who get your music out to the public, out into the hands that you, especially on independent artists, out into the hands of radio stations, um, interviewers, shows, TV shows, tour managers, anybody that you as the artist don't have hands-on access to, they're the ones to get it there. They're the ones to write up your press release and get you into the magazines um, and different uh, blogs. They're the ones who cover your back. You know, they make sure everything that you can't think of as an artist is taken care of. And they also help <laughs> clean up the, the, the bottles that you may <laughs> create as an artist. And thankfully, I'm not one of those. But um, right now, it's been this great because I've had the opportunity to interview with um, gentlemen such as yourself and get my music out there and the awareness, the overall awareness of my brand. And that's what PR does. Thank you. So what are some of your interests and hobbies outside of making music? <laughs> Man... My hobby, gosh, music is my, it's my life. So it's hard for me to separate it. Um, besides any free time that I get, I spend it with my daughter. I love to dance. I love to go to, <laughs> my favorite type of music is like house, soul, um, timbre music. I can go to a house club and be, and be on that dance floor for three hours straight before I get tired. I love going out and dancing. I love laughing. I love going to movies. Um, I like action movies and, and comedies. Um, Gosh, because I am so engulfed in my music, you know, um, a lot of times I just try to do things that make help me escape from uh, what I do. So dancing and going to the movies are 
you know, two of my favorite things to do outside that. And then I also like giving back to communities, uh, the community I live in, um, going out and feeding and clothing the homeless, uh, making sure kids have toys, um, you know, the people who are in need or families don't have the funds to keep the lights on and pay the rent and give their kids stuff to do this extracurricular activities. I like to be able to give back to them as well. I like to do anything that brings me peace and keeps me grounded. Okay. And can you talk about some sacrifices you made in your career so far? Oh, wow. So, yes, I have lost home. I've lost vehicles. <laughs> uh, well, no, only one. One home. Um, my first home that I purchased. Trying to really push my career. I mean, this thing ain't easy and it ain't cheap. And so sometimes you take those investment deals where, you know, hey, you're going to go in on a show or get a venue and you don't always get the people coming back in that you, you know, need to come in and help replenish those money that you, you spent out. Um, that was years ago. I've, if you could call it a sacrifice, I've lost relationships. Um, not just with, you know, my male suitors who can't deal with the life, but with associates that I thought were friends that do music just like I do. Um, it's hard sometimes. People get jealous or get caught up in, uh, I, I want the light only shine on, you know, on me. And they can't take it a lot of times when there's somebody who the audience <laughs> considers the star or better. And that would be kind of helpful. Because, um, you know, human beings are going to be human beings. And if you're not confident, that's what, that comes right back to down to if you're not confident in yourself and what you can do as an artist, you start taking it out on people who do take their craft seriously and, you know, really pursue it with, with everything they got. But I would make all those sacrifices again because I am absolutely elated with where my career has taken me and where I'm still going. It, I just feel like it's only going up, and I'm just going to keep doing that until my time is up. And my time is only up when I close my eyes and don't wake up again. So how do you stay focused and motivated? Like, what are some tools and techniques you use? Oh, wow. I get my, my mother. <laughs> because I'm not going to lie, there's days when I really feel like, man, why am I doing this? You know, and she slaps me right back in the focus. Like, because this is your life. This is what you've always done, what you've always wanted to do since you were five years old. You know, um, my family is a, a big influence on my music career. I'm a single mother. So they helped me with my daughter when I got to go on the road. And sometimes that's hard, especially if I'm going to be gone for an extensive amount of time to be gone from her. But my family steps right in, um, and, and they help pick up the pieces. Um, meditation, daily meditation, um, helps me stay focused. Um, and thinking back and being thankful for what I've gone through and overcome. Um, the most recent thing that kept me, that keeps me grounded and thankful is um, I had about four years ago with ovarian cancer. And 
you know, I'm a champion of it. You know, I've been in remission for four years. That keeps me focused and, and grounded. That right there let me know I was not immortal. <laughs> you know, um, looking, waking up and looking out daily, just driving down the street. If you see somebody just standing on the corner sleeping on the street, that's enough to keep you grounded. That's enough to keep me focused because those things let me know just being thankful for who and what I am keeps me grounded and focused. Mm. And how do you meditate? Like if somebody don't know how to meditate, like what do you do exactly? Oh, I don't do the um, girl Tina thing, but I do just get in the room. My bedroom is my sanctuary, so I get in my room, I call TV, I close the doors, and I just sit down, excuse me, I close my eyes, I take in three deep breaths. So I take in a deep breath, I hold it for a few seconds, and then slowly blow it out. I do that three times. And then I just think about all the things. I, and when I'm, okay, when I'm blowing out that air, I'm blowing out all the stale air, all of the frustrations, all the things that make that can make me stressed. I blow all of that out. And then I think about all the things I have to be thankful for. And even if it's just the fact that I woke up and I have the full activities of my body, my limbs, my hands, my feet, my arms and legs. I can see, I can hear, I can talk. Those are things to be thankful for. And I just meditate on it. And then I think about how good it feels to just smile at somebody and and they smile back. Or to help somebody by even holding the door for them and feeling their gratitude. Those things I focus on, which gives me that good feeling. And then I just take 10 minutes out in the day. And then I go and I set out to do whatever it is I need to do. And then I, sometimes I forget. And I can tell when I've forgotten to do it because everything starts to frustrate me from folks driving crazy on the road <laughs> to people um, just playing being rude to folks' kids running around and mama hollering, stop, stop, stop. And the kids constantly come. When that stuff starts getting on my nerves, right then and there, I stop. I take my deep breath, <laughs> you know, and I remember, oh, I have so much to be thankful for, and I just tune the rest of the world out and just concentrate on the great things that there are, just how the Most High just, how He can, how He's created everything on this earth, even down to the ants, or the things even smaller than that that we can't see, the microbes that go around, like, and to know that I am just a speck here of the billions of people, and I'm still irrelevant, those things are what I meditate on. Okay. And we talked about improving your craft and having a PR behind you. Is it uh, any additional advice you'll give to aspiring artists? Keep doing you. And don't give up. Don't believe the hype about the age. Don't believe about... um, uh, anything that deters you, especially if you know and believe in yourself, do what makes you happy. If you can do that, you can make it. Okay. And what would you like to tell your fans and people that have been supporting you in your career so far? Thank you so much for everything that you have done. Um, please continue to share my music. Please continue to um, leave responses. 
um, you know, you see a video, you hear a song, leave a, leave a response. I like to, to read and your comments. Um, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm just starting, and I have more that I'm doing. Just keep paying attention. Thank you so much. I want to say thank you for coming through Politics with me. Thank you for having me on the show and such great questions. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I said, is there anything that uh, we didn't go over you like to talk about? Um, no, I think you pretty much, I think we pretty much touched on everything. I want to thank everybody. Um, thanks, um, shout out to, uh, once again, KLPR group for everything. Kathy, thank you for what you're doing. Uh, and another good friend of mine, um, DJ Teddy Bear, um, out in um, Houston, Texas. In Houston, please, uh, uh, I'll be out there soon, December 5th. I'd love to see all y'all in the building, sign autographs, talk with you. Um, and I'm just looking forward to I'm going to have um, uh, Mr. P. Jones on the stage with me as well. So just keep paying attention and make sure y'all follow me on Instagram, um, my website, and on Facebook. Um, those are the artist Don McLean, and um, Twitter is the artist Don. Popolitikin.com. Hello, this is Don McLean, and you're listening to Pro Politikin Radio. And now you're about to hear my song, Can't Call It Love. Was it really worth it? Then I can still taste your lips. 